Hello and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Daniel Rhoda, and with me is Father Eli Gieske. How are you? How are you doing today, Father Eli? Good. Good. Good to be with you. Yeah, we have uh, just a little uh, tornado uh, warning, which it's not a tornado warning. It's not a real one. It's the. Is it the one o'clock? Yeah, it's the uh, first Wednesday of the month. One o'clock. One o'clock. Whistle just started just as we began. So yeah, yeah, which is uh, which I feel like every single time, uh, just forget that that happens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's it's one of those things you don't remember until the thing is in your ear going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least it's not uh, it's not too bad. I mean, no one can probably even hear it. So, um, but yeah. So it's uh, it is Easter. Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Octave of Easter. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's currently uh, yeah. So until next the Sunday, mm-hmm. it's it's Easter. So you gotta party like it's Easter, right? Yeah. Gotta gotta do all the Easter things every day. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I feel like normally I you know, like Easter hits and then it's like binge 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 binge, mm-hmm. just like a bunch of candy and or sweets. I mean, I f- normally I give up sweets. I actually didn't give up sweets this Lent. Yeah, I didn't either. But normally I, I do. Helped I think because I got to Easter and I'm like. I haven't like I haven't missed sweets. So. Yeah. I mean I've had some throughout like desserts or whatever, but it's not like I was craving them. So yeah, I didn't immediately run to them on <laughs> Holy Saturday night. So. Yeah, I I did uh, I did make a couple things on Saturday, uh, and so Sunday it was just like there's so much available mm-hmm. that I definitely ate way too much, and all of it was kind of junk. Yeah. None of it was. Like like dinner Sunday was something of some of substance, but sure. for the most part, nothing was. Sure. And so like Monday, it's like I don't actually, even though it's like a solemnity, I don't even want to like eat. Today. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, and then uh, yesterday on Tuesday for our staff meeting, we had a little staff party yeah. and had a big big was, breakfast and. It's good. And yeah. I didn't even really eat the rest of the day. Yeah. I was like, I'm not even hungry after this. See, and I had. A kind of a whole lineup. I had that, which was great. You made a nice uh, French toast. Hot, what French toast bake. Bake. Yeah, yeah that yep. was great. And then I had lunch with some people because they were in town, and then I had dinner with some people. So it was like three big meals. I, I rarely eat three full meals in a day. So yeah, uh, it was. I was feeling it by the end of the day, and even this morning. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 one of those where you have to like pace yourself, mm-hmm. and then and then and then also like I, I th- th- there's a line between like it's a solemnity, but it's also like I can't just like be a glutton. Right. It's not a it's not a reason well, to glutton gluttony. Does, does not help me celebrate well. So yeah, the, the sisters use this phrase called solemnity slump, and I kind of mention it in one of the bulletin articles. But this idea that you can, uh, solemnity you can like overdo it, and then the next day you're like. Uh, Mm-hmm. This is too much, or that was too much. So you don't want to you don't want to experience that if you can avoid it. Yeah, avoid the solemnity slump. Wh- which is yeah, which is very real. I know that from experience. Yeah, yeah, I think most of us do. Yeah. Um, great. Well, yeah, we have. I mean, we have a couple things to get into today. Some exciting news. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we do that, um, Father, would you 
open us with a prayer. Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks for this Easter celebration, for this week of uh, proclaiming and living in the resurrection. And we ask you, Lord, to help us uh, solemnitize well and to um, to give you honor with our celebrations. And we thank you, Lord, for, for all the blessings that we have in our lives and continue to, to guide us ever closer to you. And we ask our Mother to intercede for us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Um, well, yeah, to start off, uh, we got an Easter gift from Pope Francis. Yeah. A bishop was named for our diocese. Yeah, yeah, in the wee hours, wee hours this morning. That's when it was announced, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the priest got the email probably a little after five. So when yeah. I got out of the shower this morning, the email was there. I had a phone message from Sister Mary Joseph. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, Father Daniel Felton yeah. of the Diocese of Green Bay. Sure. Will become, I believe, is it the tenth bishop? Tenth bishop yeah. of the diocese of Duluth, and I think that's supposed to happen on May twentieth. May twentieth is what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, which is like so. a Thursday or something. I think. I am not sure. Yeah. Anyway, here, I will. I have it. I have the calendar here. Yep, a Thursday. Yeah. Do you feel a special closeness with him since he shares your first name? Uh you know, it is. It's 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 kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Might be the first time that a bishop with the same name, right? We haven't had any other Bishop Daniels while you've been here. Correct, yeah. And you probably haven't lived in another diocese with a Bishop Daniel, maybe. Maybe. Not that I know of. As you grow. Yeah. yeah. It's a special bond that you guys have. Yeah, 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 it is, it is. <laughs> uh, you know, I feel I feel very, very close to him already <laughs> as my s- spiritual shepherd, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah, so that's, that's I mean, that's really exciting. Big, and, big news. Yeah. You know, yes. I was at dinner, like I said, last night, and people were asking, like, when is it going to happen? And I was like, I'm I'm hoping it happens in the next couple months. I feel like it's got to happen soon. And uh, sure enough, this morning. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, you can't really say it's surprising that it took this long because it didn't. Yeah. Because we did, we did have, somebody, have somebody. So, but it's been like, I mean, a month and a month and a half, like a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. That's and we've been waiting a long time. So yeah, yeah. And so it's it's exciting news for us. Um, you know, he is from Wisconsin. So I don't know if he's a Packer fan. I guess we'll find that out. Then. I mean, probably. That's going to be difficult, but. <laughs> yeah. What can you do? I guess. Yeah, I'm sure all his. Whatever stuff he has online probably just blew up this morning. Everybody trying to figure out like who is this guy? I'm sure, that happens every time there's a bishop name. So, yeah, yeah, I was trying to look up a lot of stuff and couldn't really find much. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's funny because you kind of like we can be quick to like scrutinize and like judge every little thing he has out there and try to try to discern like what is it, what kind of person is he? Da, 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 da. It's like I I was trying to restrain myself and just say okay. Let him get here. What what difference does it make if if I 
appreciate every comment he's ever made online or not, you know. So trying to be um, welcoming, praying for him, uh, supportive is what I'm going to strive for, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the, you know, important thing is just trying to support him. And because we were kind of talking just earlier this morning, is like, you know, no, no matter, uh, hmm. I mean, who he is, I, I have zero power mm-hmm. <laughs> in determining, yeah. uh, like who he is or what kind of person he is or what kind of yeah. bishop or leader he is. Cause I think, I mean, uh, just thinking about it myself, like he could very much be a very good bishop and not like necessarily the person that I, the bishop I want him to be, right. you know, because everyone right. has their different mm-hmm. ideas of what they think the bishop should do. Right. 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 Uh, and so it's, like if I'm like, oh yeah, we need a bishop that can do this, mm-hmm. um, but again, um, my n- not necessarily my plan is God's plan. So. Right, right, yeah. So to surrender to what the Holy Spirit provides. Yeah, it's it takes time to kind of settle into that. So, yeah. Uh, well, uh, as exciting as that is, I mean, that's really just kind of all the information. Yeah, is that we, you know we don't have much more. Yeah, you perused that little letter. Did you get any gems from there? Yeah, uh, not not really. Nothing. Um, okay. So uh, yeah, I, I tried to do a deep dive on uh, who uh, Father Daniel is, and um, I saw that he was uh, he was in charge of implementing a pastoral letter for the diocese of Green Bay, yeah. and the pastoral letter came out in two thousand eleven. Sure. So, as I mean, that's 10 years ago. Yeah. I don't uh, know how long he's been there, Vicar General, but the Vicar General is like the number two in the diocese. So it'd be yeah. like our Father Jim was for Father, yeah, or for I, Bishop Serba and for Bishop Schnur. I'm not sure if he was before that or not, but so kind of has has experience leading and guiding and that sort of thing. So it's definitely, and I think Green Bay is a much bigger diocese than we are. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't, in terms of, Catholics, I, I don't know, but okay. Um, but yeah, so I think, uh, I mean, ho- hopefully, he has, uh, yeah, he's a good fit, and he, yeah, hopefully, he's able to make the transition well. I mean, I, I don't know if they're going to do a press conference or if they've done one already. I haven't really, they didn't, yeah, so yeah, I guess, I guess we'll find out. We'll find out, we'll find all these things out. And we don't need to mm-hmm. try to make it happen right here on this little podcast. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I kind of want to yeah change gears a little bit and start talking about uh, just Easter yeah. and uh, Holy Week current, and current uh, events too. Oh yeah, current events. Yeah, yeah. We have a couple a couple things that are going on um, this upcoming weekend. Yeah, it's uh, Divine Mercy Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Um, and there's a uh, Divine Mercy Holy Hour uh, at St. Lawrence at 5 o'clock. Yeah. And that's also First first Communion. Yeah, on Sunday, 11 o'clock, we have the First Communion Mass. So if you're a regular 11 o'clock Masser, if that's a word, um, beware, because there's probably going to be extra people there, even more so than has been lately. So it might be a little crowded. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I, I believe we're going to keep the social hall. Going to keep the social hall, up. Uh, yeah, because we use it this weekend for Easter. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so if we need it, we'll have overflow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in two Sundays, so April eighteenth, we're going to have a sacramental blessing after uh, both of the Sunday masses. So the nine a.m. and the eleven a.m. Um, yeah, just after Father's going to be available to do a little mass. 
blessing blessing kind of like yeah whatever you bring you can bring your crucifix or your rosary or your little holy card or whatever you want blessed mm -hmm. don't bring your pets please <laughs> just kidding but truly yeah that's a that's a different um yeah sacramentals yeah sacramentals. yeah 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 um holy water these kinds of things well uh, father how was how was your um first experience of holy week like at our parishes was it was there any like highlights for you for the during the week yeah no it was good um i was pleasantly surprised by how many people we got especially on good friday because we did the two services and i was thinking especially the noon one i was like yeah we probably won't get that many people at this because it's at noon but it was full and the one down at Holy Family at three was full as well. Now, I don't, and I don't remember why we decided noon and three, but I think technically you're not supposed to have one before three o'clock. So that was my bad in setting the schedule. And maybe people will like do the noon one again, but I think next year we're going to change that just so you all know. We might do like the stations or something at noon, but um, I don't think you're supposed to do the passion service before three o'clock. So that was my bad. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like I've heard that before also. Yeah, yeah. and I, I'm sure other priests have done it as well. But but anyway, uh, yeah, I was happy with the attendance, happy with how the liturgies went. Um, I felt like people responded, you know, in a, in a good way. Um, I was moved, I think, I mean, I always love Easter Vigil, and it was good. Um, it was great to see the, we had six people come into the church. Well, six people received sacraments. We did a baptism. And then six confirmations, four, so the baptism person also received confirmation, and then four others came into the church and were confirmed, so people that had been baptized in other denominations became Catholic, and then were confirmed, and then one person who was Catholic received her confirmation. So we had six confirmations, one baptism, and five first communions. So, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was a really nice Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, I only messed up two of the prayers really bad. I don't know if you noticed that, but there was, I think it was the third and fourth prayer. I switched, I swapped them. So it was like the reading for the Red Sea and passing through the Red Sea. And then I did the prayer for like one of the prophets. Oh, oh, I, I, I guess I did notice it, but I just assumed that you had like other options that you were yeah. reading. Well, I, it does say you can use any of the prayers for whatever, but okay, the the one that's paired with the Red Sea is like, very particular. It says like Pharaoh, and there's actually two options. And after I did it, I was like, "Oh shoot, I used the wrong one." And then I was sitting there trying to figure out, like, do I do I say the same one again for the one that it's supposed to be, or do I just pick another one and use it? Or it's like, no, just read the Pharaoh one for the one that's not Pharaoh and let it be. And yeah. that's what I did. So yeah, well, yeah, I didn't. It, it didn't inhibit my uh, experience. Experience. That's good. So uh, I noticed these little things, and they. They stick in my cross sometimes, but yeah, I should yeah. just let it go. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's a couple of things that stuck out to me over Holy Week. One of them was uh, on Holy Thursday, before, like before the Mass, mm -hmm. uh, you removed Jesus from the tabernacle. And I don't think I've ever really experienced that before i've always had like at the end of mass mm -hmm. like bringing jesus to the altar of repose yeah but um you did it 
before, and I was just curious, like, what yeah. the yeah funny, maybe, like funny the, should bring that theological up. reasons were. Yeah, funny you should bring that up because uh, for RCIA the week before, that actually, <laughs> Father Rich and I were talking about Holy Week, so we were kind of walking through the liturgies and everything, and that became a point of contention because he was like saying, "Oh, how you remove Jesus before Mass," and I was like, "Really? I don't remember doing that." I'm like. These liturgies are so specific that every year I have to kind of look through the rubrics and see what it says. Mm-hmm. But it does say in there you're supposed to remove Jesus beforehand and then consecrate, you know, the hosts that you're going to use at that Mass and then at the, at the service on Good Friday. So this, I think symbolically what it means is you don't have Mass. This is the first Mass, so Jesus shouldn't be present. And then he becomes present on the altar. And so um, I can see where the, where that makes sense symbolically, but... Yeah, I don't. I don't remember doing that, but mm-hmm. it says it right there in the rubric. So I was like, okay, that's what we'll do. Okay. So cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just something that I like. I don't think I've ever experienced this before. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um. No washing of feet again. Yeah, yeah. No washing of feet. Um. Which, uh, which I I one hundred percent am understand the. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, feet are very the the they contract diseases very easily. I've heard. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was saying I understand the like significance mm-hmm, of it, mm-hmm. um, but like I've had I had my feet washed. I think when I was like in college, and I was just like, I don't like this. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. like this. Yeah, as the uh, priest is always kind of like, well, it's a good sign for your people mm-hmm. to be able to. to Show them a sign of service. Um, I don't mind doing it, but yeah, I think I would less like to be on the receiving side of it. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's it's a yeah. I mean, it, it is kind of a humbling thing to receive that. I would think. So. Yeah, and uh, the Good Friday services. I mean, I guess I, w- I went to the noon at St. Lawrence, so I wasn't at the. Sure. The three o'clock one, but yeah, yeah, that was a, like, yeah, that was a just really good service also, and mm-hmm. you know we went through the the passion mm-hmm. again after doing it at Palm Sunday, mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like the one thing that sticks out to me during both like both those like Palm Sunday and Good Friday, but uh, like when being a part of the crowd. And being the like saying like crucify him, crucify him. Mm-hmm. Every time I'm just like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. Like yeah. I don't, I don't like this. Yeah. And um, because they have to like come to the, because not very many other times during the year do I like think about like I. I did this. Like I did this. Yeah. yeah. And because uh, because that's not even like even when we do sin like that's not my thought mm-hmm. you know or you know normally if it's like an impulse or getting angry or whatever like that's not uh but it's like but that's at the same time i say that every day mm-hmm. you know i only say it two days a year out loud but i say it 365 days a year through my actions yeah, yeah. yeah. and so that's like so just like thinking about that and like that just was like kind of hit me i was just like oh I, like why do i dislike saying this so much and it's yeah. like because oh, yeah. it's true yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple parts in the passion narratives that always, for different reasons, uh, intrigue me. One, I think it's the synoptic ones. Maybe it's John. I I guess I have to look again. But when they when the crowd says prophesy, 
because it looks like prophecy. So I always delight in finding out if people say prophecy or <laughs> prophesy. And I chuckle to myself, even though it's like such a side comment. So that's one little thing. And then in the John narrative, there's the part where Pilate is asking Jesus, um, who are you and so forth. And and then they're kind of going back and forth. And, he, and then he says, I for this I came to testify to the truth or something like that. And Pilate's response is, what is truth? And for some reason, I, I, I think one of my like personal ways that I really love our faith is that it's it's always rooted in the truth. And so when I hear Pilate say that, I feel like, ah, oh, that is such our culture right now. What is truth? Like, for some reason, that always sticks out to me, that little phrase. And um, so every year that kind of gets me, or at least it has so far. Um, but yeah, it's, it is interesting, those narratives. Um, we read the Synoptic on Palm Sunday and then the, the John version on Friday. Somebody actually asked me, well, why do we do that? Like, it seems like a repeat. Like, why do we do Palm Sunday? Mm-hmm. And then and then we on Friday, we kind of do it again, you know. And my answer was, well, it's the John narrative, so it's a different, you know, a different take on it a little bit. And then, you know, some people just go to Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday. So if you showed up at Palm Sunday and then came on Easter S- Sunday and they didn't do the narrative on Palm Sunday, it would feel a little odd. But I don't know if that's a satisfa- satisfactory answer because I think everybody knows or should know that the church kind of expects us to go to the Turdome services or be a part of them as best we can. So, but I don't know. So that's, it is a fascinating, I don't, I don't know how long that's been the tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be interested to like look at the history of the church and see, was that just something that came after Vatican II or is it even before that? Yeah. So. I guess I, I'm not familiar with that really much at all, but is like at one point, like pre-Vatican II, was the Triduum like mandatory? Or was it like Holy Day of Obligations, or has it always just been? I don't, I don't know. I don't even. I don't know what the, what the language would have been if they would have used obligatory or what. But yeah, that would be an interesting thing. But I think it's always understood that these are the three greatest days of the year for us as Catholics. So why wouldn't you go? But mm-hmm. um, that hasn't really been emphasized. I would say maybe so people don't always realize that. Yeah, yeah. So. And they're not Holy Days of Obligation, but it's more like. If you're serious about your faith and you can go, why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always kind of make the connection. It's like if your team goes to the Super Bowl and you had tickets, would you go? Nah, I mean, you know, I, I don't really want to do that. It's like, no, you would go, right? You would mm-hmm. go. So it's like this is kind of like our biggest day. Why wouldn't we want to be a part of it? So Yeah, yeah. Um. When it came to the Easter Vigil, the one the one thing every year that is probably my favorite is the singing of the Exalted. Hmm. So, which I thought you did a very good job. Thanks. Um, but yeah, I, like la- last year we did like a pod- podcast, just like a whole episode on the Exalted, hmm. and because uh, it's such a like an interesting, yeah, um, it's an ancient hymn. like, yeah, hymn. With like prayer mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it just it's uh, it always just kind of fascinates me. Yeah, yeah, I, that's probably one of my favorite parts is the 
entering to the church with the lights. We didn't get to do the candles this year, so that was kind of mm-hmm. a bummer. But um, just the imagery of that and the singing of the exalted, um, yeah, it's very powerful. Simple but powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So. Oh, happy fault. Uh, yeah, did, did anything else stick out to you from the from like the Holy Week and Easter liturgies? Hmm. I was just happy to, you know, the first time you do it in any, in any parish, you're kind of just getting a sense of like how things go. And this year it's a little different because of COVID, but I was just happy to, that it went all went fairly smoothly, I felt like. And it seems like the people were engaged and praying and um yeah so that was good to see i yeah each day is kind of a a reflection right so i found myself on good friday going man it seems weird to be done at three o'clock like i usually have had an evening one so i was like Mm. this is weird (laughs) to not have one in the evening but yeah i I don't have anything until tomorrow night now (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah. So no, I, it was it was good. I was happy with it and um it was a good time of prayer. It's a kind of a different you kind of go in a different mode those 3 days because you're not doing your regular parish stuff, right? So you can kind of really just take those days of kind of being more intentionally in prayer and you have the practices for the liturgy and you try to get everything set up and um I had most of my homilies done earlier in the week, so it was just a matter of kind of like tweaking them a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it was a very prayerful time for me this year. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, were you able to rest up on like Sunday evening and Monday at all? Yeah, more or less, yeah. Um, yeah, I slept in a little bit on Monday and and celebrated Mass, and it was, it was good. It was a restful day. I went and hung out with my brother and sister-in-law and then they had uh, a couple friends over who are actually parishioners um so we we hung hung out had dinner together so it was good yeah yeah that's great um the last thing i kind of want to touch on uh is just the idea of well the importance of the resurrection mm-hmm. and how kind of using the easter season to actually like celebrate the resurrection yeah yeah, because uh, I think in our like American culture, we're used to being like, "All right, it's Easter, and then we're done." Yeah, <laughs> and kind of like Christmas too. Like, yeah, play your Christmas carols up until Easter, and then or up until Christmas, and then once Christmas comes, on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah, and and just uh, like, and you know, I think part of the reason that the church gives us this octave is to really like kind of lean into mm-hmm. the celebration mm-hmm. and to. Like okay, this is something that like really affects our life, yeah. and I that's just not the way I think we think mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, and so, uh, uh, but just kind of thinking about the like importance of the resurrection and that, like, everything that we do, really like as a church and with our faith is because of the resurrection, right. and so just like kind of letting that 
sink in mm-hmm. and understanding like the importance of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a as Paul says, I forget if it's Romans or Corinthians or one of the one of his letters he says, you know, if Christ is not raised from the dead, we're the greatest of fools, you know, we're, yeah. we're basically if 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 he didn't rise from the dead then our hope our faith is in vain like and yeah it's true like our, everything hinges on that everything i mean if we if we if we don't have the resurrection if jesus did not rise from the dead why have church like why mm-hmm. why get together on sundays why pray like it's it's back to the old uh what is it uh eat be merry and for whatever because for tomorrow we die like that's what it is you know so the resurrection gives us a new uh trajectory and it gives us a new as humanity it gives us a new uh, like possibility of existence and that's what we celebrate that's what we proclaim that's what we look to that's what we hope in as christians as, as catholics and so we can't like overstate the importance of the resurrection and how that impacts it should impact every aspect of our lives every day of our lives that should be something that changes how we live um and so when we live in a way that doesn't reflect that or that doesn't hope in that or that doesn't acknowledge that it's like a poor way to live it's a poverty like not a very good way to live and so it's something we constantly have to try to reassert as christians especially in a a society in a a world that often places every hope in this life and places all you know fulfillment of desire seeking of happiness everything in this life only and what i can attain the things that i can own the relationships i can have the health I can enjoy, all these things. I mean, it's all rooted in this life. And if you take that away, what are we left with? Like depression, sadness, frustration. And that's what we see, right? People mm-hmm. who are living without the resurrection, who aren't who aren't actively seeking and pursuing Christ and a relationship with Christ, they have no hope. Whether they acknowledge it or not, maybe they're baptized Christian or whatever, or maybe they're even baptized Catholic. They have they have the sacraments even to some degree, but they their their mode of living is not a resurrection life. It's not I, I am rooted in this truth that Jesus rose from the dead and I am destined to rise from the dead if I live in Christ. And that's it's an incredible thing, but we so often reduce it down to like a fairy tale or a sort of an off, off thing off in the distance or like someday that'll be important but right now it's not it's like no if if Christ rose from the dead everything changes and if he didn't rise from the dead then nothing matters yeah, mm-hmm. it's like and when we don't accept it to that degree we reduce it down to some pedantic thing that's like doesn't really matter and I don't know I, it's it, it's something we have to keep wrestling with, I guess, because in my everyday experience, yes, I'm not always inspired to say like, well, because Jesus rose from the dead, I'm not going to eat that chocolate bar 
or I'm not going to be a glutton today or whatever. Or I'm not going to um, be unkind to my neighbor. I'm, I'm going to strive to to be charitable. I'm going to try to live the resurrected life. And we don't always make that connection to the smallest little details of our lives, but that's really what we should strive for is everything is different now. Um, I don't know. That's making sense or I'm just on a rant, but yeah. It can make sense and be a rant. Yeah. So right. there we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, you know, agree with a lot of what you said and, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a good point for us just to like think to ourselves, like, am I convinced hmm. like with, like of the res- resurrection yeah and uh and yeah because i think that you have, you know there's probably some days where it's just like oh i am you know i'm trying to re- live like the resurrected life kind of a, as you were saying and like um and there's other days where well, you know that's not my main focus mm-hmm. and those are and then uh those are the you know more of like the rough days or yeah. that's like when those are the um, days when we start to worry about things yeah. that aren't important, or we we emphasize things again that aren't important, and yeah, we lose track. So. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, yeah, there's definitely a balance because there are like there's earthly things that are right. like important because of the fact like we have to do our taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, do, does to our taxes? Jesus rose from the dead. There are no more taxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can yeah. you can yeah. uh, go to that extreme where you. Um, yes, Jesus rose from the dead, but, you know, we're, we are living right now Mm -hmm. in this life, so we have to live in this life, even though we're not destined to remain here, so. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, right? Right, right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think that's just something that, um, we can all kind of reflect on, it's just, Mm -hmm. am I, am I living a resurrected life, or maybe, like, what are my, what are these cares that I have. Yeah. That, the obstacles that I carry with me that keep yeah. me from being totally resurrected. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That's good. Um, well, yeah, that's that's all that I have. Great. Do you have any uh, a- any thoughts, Father Eli? Um, happy Easter. Hope you have uh, good times with your family and friends as you celebrate these days and that you really do strive to enter into the joy of of the risen Lord. So God bless you all. Yeah, thank you, Father Eli, for, for joining, and thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will catch you again next week.